Welcome to Joyosity. I'm Jen Whitmer. I'm a speaker, consultant, and joy bringer, helping you create positive culture with complex people. Because listen, that's all we got. I'm thrilled you were here. So get yourself ready. Grab your multiple beverages, get your speaker, your headphones connected so we can dive in. True leadership requires more than just surface level strategies. It requires a profound connection to everything that makes us human. Each week, I have conversations with experts and leaders and you. If you're listening live, introduce yourself in the comments. Let us know where you are in the world and maybe what's in that mug on your desk. We're connecting as humans, remember? These conversations aren't just fun banter and information. Joyosity is so much more than a live show and a podcast. It's a movement, a space where we dare to explore the depths of our own hearts and minds, a liminal space where you are free to play around and beta test your own growth, sort of like a test kitchen lab for your leadership skills. It's where you discover that real joy has deep roots, a playground to find the hidden truths, the ideas waiting to be explored, and the untamed potential that lies within you. We're not just hanging out in idea land. We're talking about the best actions that develop you as a person and hone your skills as a leader. If you're an experienced leader or just starting out, Joyosity is the community for you. Join us every Monday live at 1 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn and YouTube for a dose of inspiration and practical advice. Whether you are live in the comments or catching the podcast later, we're here to help you create a place where work is a joy, people are whole, and organizations flourish. Let's go. So you talk to yourself more than anybody else. And do you even know what you're saying? I remember very vividly somebody telling me one time after an event and I had been serving and helping do something and they were like, you just want this all to be about you. And I was so hurt by this comment. And this was about eight years ago. It's been a minute since this person said that to me. And this summer, I was working with uh, uh, my friend Diana, who is a systems architect. She's been on the podcast before. She talks about systems. And we were going through my systems and planning out the next six months of a bunch of things. And I, at one point, she's like, why can't you say that? You say that all the time. Like, why can't you say that on Instagram or on LinkedIn? And I was like, because I don't, I, I just don't want people to think it's all about me. And I realized how much this story that someone had put in my head, I was allowing to live rent-free for years and how it was impacting how I show up to help people today. So I am curious if you are listening live, let us know you're here, but do you have things like that that roll around in your head? And I know that Everybody really does. But I wonder sometimes if we even realize it, if we realize that's what's happening. And so I couldn't think of anybody better really to come on and talk about storytelling from a couple different perspectives than my friend, Lauren Reedy. Hey, Mary. Oh, in Alabama. 
of course you are. Um, and so Lauren Reedy is a documentary filmmaker. She runs a production studio. She is a former reporter. Um, she also is a five-time Emmy Award winner and recently six-time nominee, which we're all very excited about. But she's an expert storyteller who has some things to say about not only storytelling that we lead with and we tell our teams, but the storytelling we do with ourselves and how that has impacted and changed her leadership. So let's welcome Lauren. Hello, Jed. It's so good to see you. Happy So Monday. good to see you. It's so fun to see you. I actually got to see you live and in person last week. So I know. We uh, <laughs> so it was, it's great to see you again on the screen. So tell the people a little bit about who you are and how you got here. Give them a little bit of framework for you. Well, you said uh, you said it best earlier when you said a former reporter. I like to tell people I'm a recovering journalist. Recovering um, journalist. Yeah. I still see my the whole world through the eyes of journalism. But it all started actually in high school. I was 17. I started working at a TV station as a production assistant back when cameras were not robots. Um, uh. So I ran cameras. I directed, floor directed, told people which camera to look at, sorted scripts, all that stuff, and really got like in. Literally everything I did was entrenched in the newsroom and I was just soaking it all in. I soaked in absolutely everything I could um, about storytelling. And that led me to go into journalism, TV journalism, did that for about a decade. You can kind of hear it in my voice sometimes, like <laughs> ah, there's that live reporter in me. Um, yeah. And after about a decade, I just kind of got tired of the really difficult stories, the sensationalism, the live from crime tape um, mm -hmm. with no solution. And really my mission when I started was to tell stories that drive people to act, yeah. period, end of sentence. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started Forever Ready Productions as a way to do that, to tell stories about people who were on the ground doing the work, making the difference, but then using those stories to inspire all of us to do something. Yeah. And um, that's where we are now. And it, within the last two years, I've also stepped out on stage and started sharing pieces of my story and um, sharing some of the stories we get to tell and what those do to help fundraise, call for volunteers, make policy changes from lawmakers, all kinds of things that really just make us move. Yeah. I love getting the opportunity to hear you speak. It is always really fun and enjoyable. And I always learn something as well and feel a little inspired about even my own craft of storytelling as I do on the podcast and as a fellow keynote speaker. So always fun to do that. And I love your definition, because this is a little bit where I want to start. You talked about storytelling. And so can you give us that definition again of a story and how you want to use a story in the world? It's kind of my personal mission. For a very long time, my little LinkedIn thing was I tell stories that drive people to act. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just believe everything we do should be through a story, yeah. even numbers. And that's something we've really been focusing on lately is if you've got a statistic, that's super great. I think I'm dyslexic. So if you tell me 68, I'm going to say 86. <laughs> it's just going to happen. I want to hear stories because that makes me feel it. That makes me remember it. Um, mm -hmm. Context. Yeah. So much of what we have out in the world lacks context these days. Yeah. I think storytelling can be used in absolutely every aspect. Doesn't have to be video. Doesn't have to be um, specifically for social media or LinkedIn, but the stories that we tell ourselves, the stories that we tell our team. If you start with a story, mm -hmm. then everything else, people like literally physically lean in and want to hear more. Um, sometimes that drives them to, to act. And other times it really does something within them, which yeah. is beautiful. 
I, what I love so much about that is I think you intuitively know that as, as you said, a recovering journalist and (laughs) in what you do in the nonprofit space now with telling stories with video. And that is how we are wired. That is how our brain literally functions. We are wired for narrative. We live in a story all the time. That's how our brain saves time. It's how we connect with people. And so it's intuitively, you know, that and all of the brain research really backs that up. Mm -hmm. One of the keynotes that I give is called Rewrite the Soundtrack. And it is a little bit, it's not a little bit, it is about um, how we change stories because your story determines your results. And so when you tell a story that gets people to act, it changes the results. And right. you've been an expert at that on the outside. But I'm I'm curious, because we're here to talk a little bit about storytelling on the inside. And at the opening, I told this story um, about somebody who told me it was all about me and uh, how I carried that for a really long time and how that impacted me. And I'm, I'm curious if you're listening to comments, if you've got some things that rattle around in your head that have impacted you, I'd love for you to tell us. But Lauren, do you have any experience like that as you have started to apply storytelling into your leadership of owning a company, of running a team? Have you had an experience like that where you've seen a story shape you? 100%. In fact, <laughs> like really just now working through a lot of that. I, <laughs> aren't, I, we <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't we all? I overheard something that wasn't meant to be heard. Mm. Um, and it actually made me think about all the times that I had said something that wasn't meant to be heard and mm. if I hurt someone because they heard it. But I overheard something that wasn't meant to be heard. And mm. it really impacted me. It was about it, it really got to the core of my core values and my personal beliefs yeah. um, and the beliefs that drive what I do. And it it lived rent free, as you said in the post, <laughs> in my head for for months, maybe years. I mean, I think it, it was it was a minute, as they say in the <laughs> South. And um, it it made me question everything. It made me question my own belief system. It made me question mm-hmm. my values. It made me question whether or not what I was doing was making an impact, was worth keep continuing, um, and and mattered for for a lack of a better word. And it just rolled around in my head for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, and there was this one transformative moment where I actually said it out loud to someone else. Um, And it moved me to tears because I realized, wow, I've been holding inside this thing Mm. that I overheard that wasn't meant to be heard, shouldn't have been heard, isn't true. Um, And kind of from then on, I said, I'm leaving this here. Like I've said it in this space and I'm leaving it, Um, but it still creeps in. Like (laughs) it still creeps in. And so I actually find that I, when that story, because it is a story, creeps Mm. in, I think of all the things that counter that. Yeah. Of all the things that I've done and the work that I've done and the understanding of my own self, like in self-discovery and self-awareness, how that story is not true. And that actually that story, two things made me think, made me revisit my own beliefs, but also mm-hmm. was deeply rooted in that person's belief oh. or that mm. person's um, yes. self-exploration. There was something about what I did or said that that got that person fired up. And the easy thing to do is to say, well, that's them, not me. Yeah. Um, and so now that I spend a lot of time there, I actually have a lot of compassion for that person. Yeah. Because they were coming from a place that that was obviously hurt and mm. deeply rooted in them trying to discover themselves. Um, and I think that's where the stories we tell ourselves hold us back. Yeah. So I felt super held back for for a while. Um, yeah. And it just every time I came up on making a big decision or doing something that really mattered for me or the company, I questioned it. 
Mm. Um, and now I've just gotten past that because I just feel the compassion for, for myself and the mm -hmm. mistakes that I probably made for that person to say those things because <laughs> we all yeah. do that. And yeah. then also for them and where they are and, and what they needed at the time. Oh, there's so many pieces of this, you know, to use that great phrase, unpack, uh, that I kind of want to like piece through and pull through a little bit. Um, before I get in there, I'm super curious if you're listening or even if you're listening and you're like, wait, I'm listening to the podcast. I can't comment. What are you talking about? Um, do you have something like this? As Lauren's talking or as I told my story, do you have a story that you're like, oh, this keeps coming back? Whether or not somebody told it to your face, you overheard something you weren't meant to hear, or you don't even remember who said that to you first? Mm -hmm. Do you have something that keeps coming back? So I'm, I'm really curious. So let us know in the comments. But um, so one of the things you said that I think is so important for us is actually the pain that it caused you when you didn't recognize what this story was doing, when you were holding it on the inside. And you said some things that are like, it impacted how I um, questioned what I was doing when you were making decisions. What are some of the other things that that cost you really as a leader and in your business? I think it costs growth. I think it costs me pouring into my people, my employees, yeah. because I questioned whether or not um, it was going to help or, you know, in many ways wondered if they felt the same way. Uh, and so it held me back from being the best leader I could be. Yeah. And I think when that happens, then what happens in my case, Enneagram 7, hi here, just uh, don't, <laughs> here miss out, don't want to miss out, might have a little bit of trouble delegating. What it did for <laughs> me is I held everything really close mm. because I was afraid to be vulnerable, which is like a big part of me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was afraid that I would overstep a boundary. Um, and so I held everything really close. And yeah. then there wasn't any information. I wasn't saying what sharing my vision or empowering the team to, to move forward. And so I've really been working on that so that I can trust and delegate to other people mm. and empower them to do the things that I believe and know they're capable of doing instead of holding it tight and close to me because I'm afraid that they're going to think what I overheard. Yes. Um, and, and I think it happens to all of us, but if we don't acknowledge it, then we just keep all the things and then we get overwhelmed and we, we can't reach our full potential. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you, you're just describing what happens when it becomes almost the self-fulfilling prophecy mm -hmm. because I, I'm like, well, that didn't work. I'm, I'm, you know, so I've got to get this under control in some way. And it turns out the results are exactly what we didn't want. You didn't want to hold on to everything. You didn't, you wanted to empower your team and you couldn't because of this story that was really holding you back. I am hosting a retreat in February for women leaders called the Joyosity Retreat. And part of the section we're doing is really digging into these leadership stories. And the reason they have such an impact as a leader is because the shift from uh, being either an individual contributor or maybe just a freelancer or somebody who isn't uh, technically, quote unquote, you don't have the role of leader, um, into a place where you are leading by influence or leading by role is instead of just accomplishing things on your own, you're accomplishing things through other people. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have your own stories straight, you can't be effective leading through and with other people. It doesn't work. And that's what your experience was. And I, I love that you brought up. So the Enneagram, if you are new to the this world, is a personality framework. And as Enneagram 7s, 
we don't like to experience pain. And so if I can experience less pain by not sharing this story and doing it all myself, that control piece comes into play. And like you said, it limited your growth. And the irony is that it made it worse. Right? (laughs) It wasn't actually easier to to hold it all in and to, to, you know, step back and be less. Yeah. Um, And I think that's the key is when you recognize what it's doing to hurt you. Mm -hmm. I mean, as somebody who's a relatively high achiever, when I recognized that it wasn't, it was preventing me from achieving and exceeding. And then when I think about the growth of my company, you know, it's, we're, we're in this stage of really ramping up and it doesn't do anyone any service to believe what I overheard as true and then behave that way so that they can't come along board and be a part of that growth. Um, And so once, and I'm still actively working on this, you know, this is still hot, hot and fresh. Um, yeah. But once I recognize that, even just the recognition of it, calling it something, right? Yes. We move forward and say, okay, you tell stories about other people all the time and mm-hmm. they empower other people all the time. What's the new story you're going to tell about yourself so yes. that you can move forward and, and, you know, grow and become a better leader? Yes, absolutely. And that's really the key. Sometimes we get, um, I always uh, talk about where you fall into the ditch of shame um, which is you're too ruthlessly self-honest. <laughs> you're like ruthlessly <laughs> self-honest because I would like to talk about being ruthlessly self-honest needs to pair with generous, um, radical self-compassion. Yeah. And when you fall into that ruthlessly self-honest and you don't have any self-compassion with it, you fall into this shame cycle. And you're like, I should just change this without any actual thing to latch onto that is new. Because yeah. when you take out the old story, there's a vacuum there and your brain doesn't feel safe. And so your brain is actively trying to find a story that we have a negativity bias. Like, well, that one felt safe. At least I knew what it was. Yeah. And they, <laughs> I tried it. And so you hold on to that rather than the key piece is you have to replace it with something new. And that can't just be like an affirmation that I'm going to just be better, that mm-hmm. your, your body will reject that and your brain will reject it. And so I loved what you said really early on is like reminding yourself of what you truly believed. Yeah. And and how that how you wanted to function in the world. And somebody saying in the comments that, you know, if we don't deal with some of these past things, your emotions are all out of whack. And you don't exactly know why. And so it comes out in these really strange ways and yeah. telling yourself the new story. And I love also that you're sharing that it's a work in progress. Oh, totally. Like this story comes up for me, too. I mean, this yeah. really was like eight years ago. Yeah. And I, I have been aware of this story and didn't think it was true. But even like this past August, a hot, like what, four months ago was August? I can't do calendar math right now. (laughs) Um, And how it was truly holding me back as well from serving people well. And um, the truth is I do a job where I stand on stage by myself. That doesn't mean the show is all about me. But if I can't be comfortable in me, the people in the audience aren't comfortable. And then they won't take away the messages I want them to learn. And so I had to like rework that story of me, my most comfortable and my most myself invites other people into that vulnerable space where we can all learn and grow. And that's that replacement story for me. And I love that you do that. I think something that would be good for listeners or viewers is to like write down what you do believe. Absolutely. It's the same as doing that core values exercise. What are your core values? They're different. I think beliefs and core values should like complement. But Mm -hmm. what do you believe about what you're doing, about who you are, about the world that you live in? Yeah. And are those things that you overheard or the stories you're telling yourself, do they align with what you believe? 
because usually if you're not in a good place, it's because <laughs> the stories don't align with your beliefs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, it's so good. And I love that you brought up values. That's another thing that because who you are, what your personality says, the stories you tell yourself and your values are all the foundational pieces of leadership. And that's what we're doing at the Joyosity Retreat. I we love that. that. So oh, we didn't even know that. Opportunity for, if anybody's listening, <laughs> it's an opportunity to do that work because uh -huh. it's deep. And it and it. Mm -hmm. I think for, once you determine those things, you could do anything. Yeah, yeah. It's like you have a map, you have a roadmap of these are my values, exactly. these are my beliefs. And now every decision I make goes through that. And we all have different experiences too since the last time I did that. Right. Oh, I've done that before. Yeah. The world has changed a little bit. Not sure if like, yeah. oh, I, oh, are, are, are my same? Do they still show up in the same way? Have I overheard something I have wasn't supposed to in the last six months that I'm holding on to? You yeah. start to get better at identifying that and replacing those those new stories. Uh, Lauren, oh my gosh. Every time, why I can't I keep time? Like, okay. Oh, 21 minutes after. It's so fast. It's so fast. So I uh, thank you for sharing so vulnerably and, and who you are and how this has impacted your leadership from an expert storyteller and stories that move people to act. Um, tell the people where they can find you and, and what you can help them do. Absolutely. So there are two places, two thing, two sort of tracks. You can go to laurenreedy.com and learn all about my speaking and the work that I do in that space, working with nonprofits and business leaders. Um, and then you can go to foreverreadyllc.com and that's where you'll find all the video work, the documentaries that we talked about, some of the Emmy award-winning pieces that you mentioned in the top of the show. Um, and really both of those complement each other. One is really a service to the businesses and, and that we serve and the other is a way to empower. Um, and they, they kind of funnel into each other. And I just will say this because I got to manifest it into the world. <laughs> we, I will be releasing a course um, in 2024 that will help people take statistics and turn them into stories mm. um, it's called from stat to story. And we're going to release that so that folks have a way to do something without having to invest in a whole video crew. Uh, thinking oh. differently. So that's coming okay. too. Such a great service. Um, as a former educator who talked about numbers all the time, that they can mean nothing without context. Yeah. The story is so important. I love it. I love it so much. Oh, Lauren, thank you so much for your time being here today. Thank you all who are here live listening and, and commenting, commenting in the comments. Next week, we will be live with Ronnie Rock. Um, she is an author. She is also an expert storyteller and working around the world. And we're going to talk about how values impact your leadership and can actually change the world one person at a time, which is Ronnie's expertise. So we are live every week at 1 p.m. Eastern. So please join us back here next week for our last episode of the calendar year. And hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks again, Lauren. Bye, Jen. Bye, everybody. So let me put my coach hat on for just a sec. Don't just leave this here. Take a moment. What did you learn? What's your next tiny action step? Share this episode with someone and tell them. Connect with us to keep this conversation going. As always, I'm Jen Whitmer. Thank you for listening to Joyosity. I don't take for granted that your earballs have a lot of information coming at you. Please take a moment to rate and subscribe. It really helps more people join us in creating positive culture with complex people. So work is a joy, people are whole, and organizations flourish. Can't wait for you to join us next week.